One of the great treasures from the Catholic tradition is uh, the Requiem Masses that were um, written in from Mozart through to Beethoven with Missa Solemnis and so forth. But in the 19th century, Foray and then later some of the other Requiems. And so Foray's Requiem is a great Catholic piece which is doesn't fail to move me and to move those who hear it. Go. Welcome to Faith and Culture, a production of the Augustan Institute. Every week, we explore the glory of the Catholic faith and the beauty of Catholic culture. And now, here's the host of Faith and Culture, Joseph Pierce. Hello, I'm Joseph Pierce, and welcome to another Faith and Culture podcast with the Augustan Institute. And today I have as my guest, my good friend, Father Dwight Longenecker. Welcome, Father Dwight. Thank you. And today we're going to do a bit of a musical tour. I've asked Father Dwight to let us know what his five favorite pieces of music are. And uh, I think we're going to sort of each each of these five pieces you've selected sort of uh, have some connection with your life. So maybe we'll sort of take this sort of chronologically and biographically. Yes, we both remember that BBC um famous radio series is called desert island discs do you remember that oh absolutely of course we both had the english experience and desert island Discs is when you imagine that you're on a desert island and you're only allowed to bring a certain number of pieces of music with you you're allowed a couple of books the bible and the complete works of shakespeare and then and then you're you have to tell what what records you would have which 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 piece of music you would take with you so this is where you are you've got your bible you've got your complete works of shakespeare uh you're stranded on your desert island and we're going to reminisce about your life and what these particular five pieces of music mean to you so there's one piece of music which which goes back to the dawn of your of, of your perception of things and uh, uh the, the piece that first a- a- awakened your love for classical music and what was this well it's the it's the piano concertos Rachmaninoff uh there are these lush romantic late romantic pieces uh with a full orchestra and it's just a pounding piano score which is just tears your heart out it's really great romantic stuff and i first came across i think class appreciation of classical music when i was an undergraduate at bob jones university they had this they had a record library uh and you could sit there and play records and have headphones and i used to study and listen to classical music i can't do that anymore i think your brain changes um, and you can't do that stuff at the same time but i used to be able to listen to this music i went through lots and lots of classical music and the rachmaninoff sticks in my head and also um Years later, when I was um, a chaplain at King's College, Cambridge, uh, in England, I can remember one night being up in my rooms reading, and I heard the strains of a Rachmaninoff piano concerto coming from the room below, but it wasn't being played on a record. It was somebody was playing, stopping and starting. So I went downstairs, and there was one of the choir boys, one of the choristers from King's, who was about 12 years old, and they had to play instruments as well. He had the score of a Rachmaninoff piano wow. concert. He's up there pounding it out and learning this really difficult piano wow. music. So it's it's a nice memory in many ways. Well, that's great. And you mentioned going to England. Uh, so that's the next thing. Of course, you uh, you, um, you did your undergrad at Bob Jones. You're sort of a fundamentalist Protestant of sort, maybe. Yeah. And then you fell in love with England and uh, the whole English thing, a, a healthy or unhealthy dose of Anglophilia under the influence of people such as C.S. Lewis, I believe. And then you, you so you crossed the pond and started studying to uh, for the Anglican priesthood. 
Um, so your second selection is actually from that uh, English choral tradition. What what is that title? Well, the piece of music is a modern piece by um, the composer is Finzi, but the text is by Crashall. It's called "Lo, the Full Final Sacrifice." It runs for about fifteen minutes, um, and it's a beautiful text about the Mass, uh, "Lo, the Full Final Sacrifice," on which all figures fix their eyes. Uh, it's a beautiful meditation by Crashall, and Crashall was himself an Anglican priest who worked in Cambridge uh, and and the church of um, Little St. Mary's, which is um, one of the beautiful ancient churches in, in Cambridge. And I became familiar with his poetry and was also inspired by him because he's one he's a, a former Anglican who became a, a Catholic and moved to Italy and was ostracized by his decision um, to become Catholic. And Finzi then takes this music and, and uh, this poetry and puts it into a beautiful choral piece, which was um, sung at King's College, Cambridge, when I was a chaplain there a couple of times. And it summarizes for me the whole, uh, the, the greatness of Anglicanism. And it, it's, one of its great treasures is this choral tradition in the college chapels and cathedrals. They still, even today, despite the degradations that have happened in that church, um, maintain this great musical tradition, which dates right back to the Middle Ages right. with um, men and boys choirs. And this piece of music, Lo, a full, The Full Final Sacrifice, with music by Gerald Finzi, is uh, just a terrific piece. And I think it does encapsulate what is best about Anglicanism, which is basically what it retains of Catholicism. Yeah. Um, so obviously, and, and in this particular piece, yes, we have a modern composer, but Richard Crayshaw, a convert to the faith in the 17th century and was forced into exile because, of course, of very anti-Catholic times. And it's they're, they're his words uh, that, are, that are set to music here, as you say, in a choral tradition within the English church that goes back to pre-Reformation times now so having studied for the anglican priesthood you become an anglican priest for, for for quite a number of years and your third selection for us is uh, a selection from english hymnody right from the from, from the english tradition of of hymns so 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 what is that selection and that is my favorite hymn which is a wesley hymn um o thou who camest from above and the words are just absolutely perfect they're they're a wonderful example of his the Wesley's greatest hymn writing, and the uh, tune that it's most associated with um, is also written by his grandson Samuel Wesley, who was an English uh, organist and composer. And the words also really touch my heart. They're used for confirmation quite a lot. It's invoking the Holy Spirit, but the final verse is also very appropriate for a priest. Ready for all thy perfect will, my acts of faith and love repeat, till death thy endless mercies seal and make my sacrifice complete. Wonderful. All right, so moving on, not just in your five selections here, but also actually in your life, because uh, how many years were you uh, actually an Anglican priest, Father? Uh, I think in Anglicanism, a total of 15 years, but a priest about uh, maybe nine or ten years okay yes and at some point of course for various reasons which would be a topic for another conversation you um had doubts about the authenticity of the a a anglican church and and you are received into the catholic church maybe just tell us very briefly about about your crossing the threshold into the catholic church and then and then tell us about which piece of music if you like encapsulates your embrace of the catholic tradition well uh, I was an Anglican priest in England while the Church of England was debating the the topic of women's ordination to the priesthood. And this was something which was going to divide the Anglican Church and a debate which went on really for um, 20, 30 or 40 years, I, I think, um, 
C.S. Lewis wrote about it, uh, and it was a debate even then, which was beginning. And the it came priestess, to a, priestesses in the church. Yes, in his essay, priestesses in the church. Uh, and um, by the early 1990s, this had come to a, a climax point, and the Church of England did, of course, vote to ordain women as priests. And at that point, I and about uh, 600 other, 600, 700 other Anglican priests left the Anglican Church to become Catholics. And uh, that journey in itself was was difficult in many ways, but it was also something which connected with the music. Uh, one of the great things that we were bereaved about in leaving the Anglican Church was the wonderful musical tradition, the choral tradition, the tradition of hymn singing, um, which was a great part of uh, the English culture and the English church. Coming to the Catholic Church, the riches of music were not so quite so obvious. There were obviously um, great Catholic composers, William Byrd and Thomas Tallis and Mozart, of course, and, and, and others. But the musical tradition in the Catholic Church did not develop in the same way that it did post-Reformation over the last 500 years. And so we found that the musical tradition in the Catholic Church was um, pretty sparse, especially when it came to, they had no tradition of congregational singing. Right, certainly, I mean, I, I, I would beg the difference regards, you're talking about the, uh, polyphony and, and, and those, that wonderful choral music that we, we have from the Counter-Reformation onwards. But, uh, yeah, I agree, as regards congregational singing, the, the whole tradition of hymns uh, and choral music in that sense, yes. They, but because, of, because of the nature of the traditional mass where it was Gregorian chant or polyphony and not congregational singing right. very much. So, and, and it was something yeah. which the, which the choir did and the, the congregational singing also it became politicized in as much as the catholics more and more regarded congregational singing as something which was protestant right. um, yeah. by its very nature yeah. uh, and therefore to be rejected um, and so they rejected something which could have been actually quite good so uh, therefore coming into the catholic church i had to readjust my ear to kind of <laughs> understand where the catholic church was musically um, but of course one of the great treasures from the catholic tradition is the, the requiem masses that were um, written in um, from mozart you know through to beethoven missa solemnis and so forth but in the 19th century foray and then later um, some of the other uh, requiems and so foray's requiem is a great catholic piece which is doesn't fail to, to move me and to move those who who hear it. We, uh, in our parish at Our Lady of the Rosary last year, we actually had a liturgical um, performance of Foray's Requiem, mm, which was just wonderful. fantastic for All Souls Day, which was just uh, just wonderful to hear that music in its liturgical setting, not yes. just in a con- as a yeah. concert piece. Yeah, I can just only imagine. I don't know. I don't know why. How I missed that. Maybe I was not in town. You were probably traveling. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I, 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 for those of you that don't know, by the way, that Father Dwight and I are, are, are near neighbors in in South Carolina, and that actually brings us to um, to the final selection of your five selections for your desert island. Um, so we've we've been a bit of a change of style here, actually, because we've had hymn music, English choral music music russian piano concertos and uh, and, and catholic requiem masses so a bit of a change from a catholic requiem mass to your fifth selection so please tell us what your fifth selection is and why you chose it yeah for a long time i've uh, always loved the folk music of james taylor james taylor's a, a great composer and actually a great poet he has he has a way with with words which no but no other pop singers i think have although I'm not very knowledgeable about pop music at all. He's one that um, uh, really registers with me. And he's from North Carolina. And we went to see him in concert here in, in Greenville, South Carolina, a couple of years ago. He came and entertained the crowd for three hours. I thought he might come wow. and just do a few pieces at the wow. end. But he was right there with us. And um, 
shared the different stories that were going on and uh, behind the different songs that he wrote. And his song, Carolina on My Mind, is one of his classics, and uh, therefore I have it at the end of my list because after 25 years in England, God called me back to America and to South Carolina, where we both have settled, uh, and uh, have a warm place in our hearts for that. And just to tell a little bit about the story, James Taylor told us that um, this story was actually written at a crisis point in his life. He had gone to New York, to try to make his name as a singer and songwriter and was not succeeding. Uh, he was a young man and his life was failing. He was developing a substance uh, abuse problem. And his dad um, left North Carolina and drove up to New York to rescue his son and uh, brought him back to Carolina. And uh, it's a very moving story. He, he sort of was rescued uh, and a few years later he made his breakthrough um, Funnily enough, in England, in London, oh, really? he, he played a piece for the Beatles. Oh, wow. And they said they recognized his talent and signed him for a co- record contract, and he went from glory to glory. So there's a nice link there with uh, the Carolinas uh, and England and a singer-songwriter who writes from his heart and writes songs which, um, when you listen closely, have a, a lot of depth to them. Well, if, you, if, you, you know, if you're going to take a popular music piece, then certainly folk music that's rooted is, uh, is, is, is very important. Yeah. And you and I are both immigrants to this part of the world. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from England, obviously. You, you were originally from Pennsylvania. Yes. This has been home for you met in various guises from your time at Bob Jones um, until your return. Yes. Um, and if you recently. don't, Joseph, you don't know Joseph, uh, James Taylor's piece, then you would to... Uh, get a, a copy of it and listen to it when you're out on your travels because it's, it's in my mind I'm going to Carolina so yeah. it's coming home yeah absolutely so coming home in more ways than one because uh, of course uh, Father Dwight Longenecker and indeed uh, your host here Joseph Pierce are both converts to the faith so in that way we both come home to the most important home of all which is the mystical body of Jesus Christ but also both of us are very happy to be coming home from our travels to Carolina South Carolina in our case so uh, again we just to just to recap um, the five pieces of music that uh, that Father Dwight Longenecker has chosen to take to him when he's stranded on his desert island um, that represent various aspects of his life journey were um, Rachmaninoff's Third Piano Concerto, Lo, the Full Final Sacrifice by Jeff Finzi, based upon a text by the great Catholic convert poet Richard Crashaw, uh, and then... Uh, Oh, Thou Who Comest From Above, is that correct? Uh, that's written by Charles Wesley and set to music by his grandson Samuel Wesley from the English choral tradition, English hymnal tradition, perhaps I should say. Uh, and then we have uh, Forest Requiem, um, and finally Carolina On My Mind, or In My Mind I'm Going to Carolina by James Taylor. Father Dwight Longenecker, thanks once again for blessing us with your presence on the Faith and Culture podcast. Thanks very much. And I have been your host on this uh, Faith and Culture podcast with the Augustinist Troop. My name is Joseph Pierce. Thanks once again for joining me. Do join me next time. Until then, goodbye and God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Faith and Culture with Joseph Pierce. Faith and Culture is a production of the Augustine Institute. For more information, please visit us at faithandculture.com.